This is the Village Church Q&A podcast, where our goal is to create digital, shareable, and helpful content to make disciples who will go, grow, and overcome. Welcome to the Village Church Q&A podcast. Suze McLeod here with Pastor Michael. Pastor Michael, we're going to jump right in today. If, just as a prelim, folks, you need to listen to the episode before this about submission before you listen to this episode. But this episode, Michael, I want to know, is it ever appropriate for a wife to be the spiritual head of the house? I actually think the answer is yes. So let's clarify a couple of really important things. Mm-hmm. Uh, we mentioned it in our last episode that God has created a hierarchy in in Scripture. First Corinthians chapter 11 starts off and says that God, when when Paul refers to God, he means the Father, just so we're clear on that. Yep. So that the Father is the head or the leader the uh, of Jesus. Jesus submits to the Father. This has been a historical Christian doctrine with the Trinity that um, the Father and the Son are, are equal in divinity, equal in importance, but they have a functional, they have functional roles. The mm-hmm. Son submits to the Father. He goes on and says uh, that Jesus is the head of man, specifically Mm -hmm. actually referring to the husband here in the family unit, and that the husband is the head of the wife. Paul is not afraid of the discussion, and he's not really concerned what um, Christians are going to think 2,000 years later in America, right? Mm -hmm. He's trying to establish that there is an order. And there's a principle here that I think is really valuable, super valuable, and and. As people try to get rid of leadership in the home, we mm-hmm. have to remember something. Everything God touches has point leadership. Everything. Mm-hmm. The Godhead itself, the Father is the point leader. The Son yes. submits to the Father, and the Spirit submits to both the Father and the Son. Uh, you have Adam and Eve in the garden. Adam is held responsible for Eve's sin. Yes. Like, that's that's crazy. You look at uh, the patriarchs, you look at the homes, you have the fathers, you look at the nation of Israel, you have Moses, you have prophets, you have judges, you have kings. Everything God builds has point leadership. You look at mm-hmm. the Jesus and the disciples, you had Jesus who was the point leadership, but of the disciples, you had the three, Peter, James, and John. Of the three, Peter was the leader. Uh, you go down the line, you go to the Jerusalem council, they have a plurality of elders, but James is the leader among equals. Mm-hmm. You have the book, uh, the church of Ephesus and Paul's writing to Timothy and there's clearly more elders, but uh, Timothy is the first among equals in that realm. You look at businesses, they have a CEO, you have point leadership, everything that flourishes, thrives, grows, has point leadership, everything. Yes. Yep. Uh, you you look at sports teams, they have captains, they have coaches, they have owners, the organizations. Mm-hmm. You understand that everything has hierarchy that functions well. When you remove hierarchy, things begin to not function. Yeah. It doesn't work. So we're not afraid of the subject matter. Um, and so here the question is, we're talking about spiritual leadership. There are all different kinds of leadership in a home. Let's be clear. Mm-hmm. We're talking about the one who sets the spiritual trajectory interaction of the home. Yeah, There is one, I think, avenue or place where it is absolutely appropriate for the wife to set the spiritual trajectory of the home. And that would be when you're married to an unbeliever. And so there's actually a tension here that I want to draw attention to because uh, the tension is that, yes, you are the spiritual leader of the home, but it doesn't mean you're the leader of everything, right? It just means that the spiritual climate, direction, et cetera, you're going to take personal responsibility to right. oversee and to monitor and to move it in the right direction. At the same time, First Peter chimes in, and we mentioned this in the last episode, yes. but I think this is important. First Peter chimes in and he says, listen, 
even, assumption, even though you're going to be the spiritual leader, mm-hmm. hands down, the most strategic and effective way to win your unbelieving spouse to faith in Christ is not to lord your leadership over them, but to have a quiet, submissive spirit. Mm. So even though you're the spiritual leader, particularly with your kids, when it pertains right. to your husband, um, well, if he's not a believer, well, he's not going to be following your spiritual leadership. Mm-hmm. That's not important mm-hmm. to him. That's not mm-hmm. his value. It's not there. Um, and so you're you're not really going to be his spiritual leader because he's not mm-hmm. spiritual. Yeah. So uh, I don't. by that, I mean, it's the biblical word, meaning he's not a Christian. He might be spiritual in some way, but he's not a Christian spiritual. That's the way right. Paul refers to it. And so, yes, it's very appropriate for the wife to be the spiritual leader of the household. But I don't know that husband or wife, whatever, I don't know anybody if they could actually be the spiritual leader if they're a Christian of a non-Christian. There's actually nothing to lead there. Right. Does that make right. sense? It's yeah, like totally. So you're going to lead the children, right? But like that's what? tricky though because we have some wives in situations where the husband's staying home from church, mm-hmm. the wife has a high value on church and wants to get the kids to church. Yeah. And now the kids are torn. Oh yeah, husband and wife. This is lots so of dialogue. Hard. Yeah, lots of dialogue. And what the wife can never do is shame the husband. Mm. You. Your shame will not change the man. Mm-hmm. I've never been shamed and been like, I'm going to become a better person for it. Oh, yeah. So, but that that intuitive thing inside of the Christian to like almost plead with the husband. Yeah. Peter's like, stop it. Right. Just keep your mouth shut. Love him. Be quiet about this stuff. Don't be overbearing. Don't like, don't do that. Yeah. And if you're quiet and submissive and play the long game there, that's going to be the most effective way to, to win him back. Right. Because he's going to look at her and think... I mean, after time, right? Time yeah. does show what is her heart value on. And eventually, there's question marks in his head. Yep. Everybody has it built in. He wants to know why does she value this so much? Why is she still going to church three years in? What is she doing? And it's going to plant those seeds. Yep. There, there's a, a principle that I'm, I'm going to say this in the inverse that I think many people would do well to understand. I'm not saying this is like perfectly applies everywhere, but I think it's general enough that it works in most places. Mm. Men will listen to people they believe respect them. Women will listen to people they believe care for them. Yes. Which is why Paul's admonition, forget about Christ. His just admonition is husbands love, care for, nourish, cherish your wives. Right. Wives respect your husband. That if you want your husband, if you want a voice in mm-hmm. this area, uh, your husband is going to be exponentially more inclined to listen to you if you are respectful to him. Yeah. Men do not want to listen to disrespectful people at all. They, they don't want to be disrespected in their homes. Know it all is disrespect. Yeah, yeah, super annoying. So is it ever appropriate for a wife to be the spiritual head of the house? Yes. When, now, here's, like a, here's another debate, right? I'm married to a man. He says he's a Christian. Yeah. He goes to church, but he's just blah. I think this is the bigger problem. Right. Yeah. The yeah. stagnant Christian. How does the wife take that on? Yeah. So let's let's play a game, Suze. Oh, dear. Um, you got a great husband. I love Colin. He's solid. He's the man, right? You have a good marriage. But let's just surmise for a moment. Let's just imagine that he is kind of like, eh, apathetic, not really serious about God or the Bible or church or serving or mm-hmm. Jesus or all that kind of stuff. He's just, he's a cultural Christian, functional. He might even be mm-hmm. a real Christian. Like, mm-hmm. he might die and go to heaven. But, like, right now, as you're watching him, he just functions sure like hope. a yeah. cultural Christian, you know? Yeah. Uh, this is all hypothetical. Colin's an amazing guy. I love yeah. Colin, et cetera. It's, that's okay. Yeah. yeah. You're counseling yourself. Mm-hmm. 
how do you like address this problem in the marriage? Do you know what I say? Hmm. I say love Jesus so much that it it infects the home. Model it. Yeah, it's just like who you are, right? I'm a Christ follower. I'm going to be that till the day that I die. That's how my children are going to be won over. Mm. They're not going to be won over by my preaching and slamming things down their throat. They're going to be won over (laughs) because they're like, mom has something special inside of her. Yeah, And I can see that nothing else is going to meet that need. Like she says, Christ will. So I'm going to listen to her. Just like I'm going to listen to dad, right? I think we think that we have to say a lot, but we don't have to say that much. Mm. We just have to live it. Amen. If I'm counseling you, I'm going to give you that exact advice. I'm going to mm-hmm. say, yeah, you do that. You model mm-hmm. in a way that's not shaming. You know, mm-hmm. you just, you love Jesus. And part mm-hmm. of that, if you really love Jesus well, he's going to feel respected, right? Mm-hmm. Then if I'm counseling you to, like, let's say you come to me and you say, hey, my husband's a believer, whatever. He's not stepping up. Mm-hmm. I want to just sit down with him. Right. Personally, as a pastor, as a friend, I want to mm-hmm. say, hey, man, Colin, what's going on, dude? Right. Um, I know you know. You see in your wife what love for Christ looks like. Right. Let's just let's just talk privately and where you at and try to diagnose that because for a lot of men, uh, apathy is deeper than just apathy. Like it's not mm-hmm. just like buck up, man. Right. Like, there's reasons for apathy. Right. And really getting behind those and honoring the fact that every man has a story. They're not just a typical dude who follows typical ways and all oh, we're just apathetic and watch TV. There are catalytic moments and events in that man's life Mm. that we got to kind of uncover and honor his story. Treat him as a unique person. Don't just lump into a category of apathetic. It's not fair to him. I think we do that with people that have different personalities than us. Mm. We often will clump them into their own. Oh, if I'm I'm the person who speaks first in every circle, Mm. why can't people be more like me? Well, maybe they're holding their tongues (laughs) and being (laughs) wise and discerning. I think we do that with with wives and husbands when that that spirit we think it looks spiritual to be something but I would say define what spiritual leadership is is it okay I've had wives say to me is it okay for me to uh ask my husband to pray for me and I'm like 100 yeah. percent I think you should he wants to pray for you he doesn't always know he can't read your mind that you mm. need him to pray for you at a specific moment that's not you being the spiritual head of that house yep. I'll tell you why anecdotally I don't have a verse for this, but like almost every time a man is hesitant to take spiritual leadership, I've said this in like 50 different ways in the podcast, but for a man to begin leading Mm. is an indictment on all of his lack of leadership in the past. You know, it's like when you start eating healthy, the very fact that you're doing it means everything I did before this was wrong. So like a lot of men have a hard time as they get older coming to faith in Christ Mm. because to come to faith in Jesus means... I have been wrong my whole life. Mm-hmm. Most men, I don't know. They don't like to be wrong. Yeah. <laughs> you know, most people don't, but like. Well, and they think that will cause them us. to be disrespected, I think. Right. Or does it invalidate all of my life up to this point? Well, no, not no. at all. But there's a lot of fear around that. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, you leave when you leave your old life to come to Christ, like, yes, things change, uh, but it is a massive change of worldview. And then you got to just deal with the fact that, like, if I come to Christ, I'm admitting that everything I said about God that contradicts the Bible up to this point was wrong. And I gave my kids a lot of bad advice because it was right. contradictory to the word of God, which is actual truth. It's hard for men to change because the change is an admission of failure, a lot of failure. So just be sensitive to that. And uh, that's why men need contexts of grace and respect. And they need to be given the freedom to be wrong about big things and not have an I told you so kind of household. Yes. I would say this applies to women too, by the way, but 
Yeah. There is just something powerful about a man's need for respect that Paul just in Ephesians 5 pokes at. Yeah, truly. Uh, As you were talking, I was thinking about Abram to Abraham and Jacob to Israel and just the two, these two men that made mistakes in their lives. But you can't say that everything before that was just discredited. Correct. Right? There were still moments in Abraham's life where it was Abram, I believe, when he was brought before God and he said, count the stars. Isn't that true? Indeed. That's not invalidated just because he was Abram then. Correct. So we just have to be very aware that that's a lie that you're talking about. That's a lie from Satan to get in your head. I never thought about this till right now. You just provoked the thought, but we don't hear anything of Abram before 75 years old. Mm. Before he meets God, there is no story. Yeah. His story begins when he meets when he meets Yahweh. Huh. Hmm. I didn't think of that either. It just blew my mind. Interesting. All right, what's coming up next? Okay, so next time we are just going to shift gears completely. We're going to be talking about groups. The question is going to be, why do churches make such a big deal about getting into groups? Yeah.